Well, welcome to Coffee with Casey. But we're, well, we're going to talk about the opportunities in the market today and, um, and some of the new strategies that are taking place. Um, and again, I'm going to have a little section for the agents where you need to retool your business. We were doing this, now we're doing that. So, so there needs to be some, uh, you need to evolve as the market evolves. Um, but first, let's go to the opportunities and let's take a look at what the market is actually doing. Let me share my screen real quick. So the first chart is going to show us that the inventory for the last 30 days, how it's growing or how it's shrinking. As you can see right this second, our inventory is just fine. It's stable. In fact, I went back and I did a year-to-date um, uh, year uh, breakdown of where we are, are with our inventory in Vienna, Fairfax County. Loudoun County, Prince William County, and Arlington. Now, everybody's within two or 3% up or down in their inventory from the five-year average. So let's call that average inventory. We don't have a lot, we don't have a little, we've got right about where we normally are on a five-year average. So, you know, good to go as far as that is concerned. The changes are happening when we look at the homes under contract, you know, and where they are. We know that that is a big driver. So if there are 10 homes on the market, how many of those homes are under contract? If there's 60% of them under contract or above, that's a clear seller's market. If it's, fit, if it's 60 to 40, that is a neutral market. And if it's under 40% of the homes are under contract, that is a buyer's market, okay? So let's take a look at where we are. So Arlington is in neutral market. McLean, that's a buyer market right there. Already started one of the first buyer's markets we've seen. Uh, neutral market here. All these are neutral, but they're strong neutral markets everywhere from Oak Hill out to Haymarket. Percival is exactly at 50%. So we're kind of looking at half those houses uh, are, I mean, that is a clearly a neutral zone. Neither buyers or sellers have control of that market. This is where it was in April. So. If we look at the blues, that is today's under contract numbers, look at where it was in April. Now, if you were a buyer and you were a buyer in April of this year, that's pretty discouraging that, you know, 8.3% of the houses are under contract. In some of the markets, we look at it on a week to week basis, 100% of the homes were under contract. So if you were trying to buy a house, this is extremely intimidating, but now, Pendulum is swinging and it's swinging back a little bit more for the buyers. So if we look at it and say, and, and this is for all Northern Virginia homes, 78% were under contract in January. And then you can see it deteriorate right down here into July. So right now only 48% or it's a neutral market. So is the sky falling? No, it is a neutral market. Neither buyers or sellers have control of the market. Now I'll tell you, this is going to mean a couple different things, right? And we're going to go over, you know, how that's, how it's going to affect the market. Before, up in here, you're basically, anybody can put a house on the market and it's going to sell. Your main thought was trying to get that maximum dollar amount with no contingencies. So that was the game in those four weeks. I will tell you that right down in here, when half the homes are under contract, this is a kind of market that produces a lot of failures, a lot of withdrawn contracts. We'll look at that a little bit today. So, so these are the homes that are sold in 10 days, right? In Fairfax County, 
in March, April, and May, or March, uh, February, March, and April, you know, they were all selling, boom, as fast as they come on the market, boom. Very difficult for a seller. I mean, a buyer, very difficult for a buyer. And for those sellers that wanted to sell their house, but then knew they were gonna have to go out in that market and find a house to buy, they couldn't find any house because anything they saw was snapped up in seconds. So they wouldn't put their home on the market because they had no confidence they could find a house to buy, right? Those times are changing. But look at how far it's fallen. So last week, 18% of the homes that were listed between June, uh, July 1 and July 8. Now think about this. 80% of the homes sold, eight out of 10 sold in the first 10 days. This last week, from July 1 to July 8, only 18% of the homes went under contract as of yesterday. So, you know, there's a big change. And what does that mean? That means now there's inventory on the market. Now you, you can take a breath. You don't have to rush out the door. There's changes for the sellers and changes for the buyers that we need to talk about, all right? This is, this is the Vienna chart, actually. And you can see that in Vienna, if you're trying to buy in January, February, everything was under contract in the first 10 days. Advantage seller, advantage seller, okay? So now let me give you, now here's the bad, here's the bad news. And it's not going to affect any of you because we're going to make sure we stay up on top of it. But this is the withdrawal rate. So normally in 2017, 46% of the homes over a million dollars in Vienna withdrew unsold. That means that 46% failed to sell their house. Now, what does that mean? You had to prepare it. You had to show it. You had to go through all the degrading things about people walking in and not liking your house. Um, it's horrible. It's a long three month, six month process. It's frustrating. It's dropping prices. It's listening to excuses. It's putting up with agents. It is a nightmare. So 46% of the people in 2017, 2018, by 2019, it's still 40%. Four out of 10 houses failed. And I watched them. I would go into a listing appointment. I would say, this is your number. Another agent would come behind me and say, this is your number. They'd go on at that number. And I tracked them all. I tracked every one of them. The carnage that happens with the, with the, to the sellers that overpriced their house is terrible. Instead of getting 1.3, they end up at 1.15. Because the time, the energy, the, the mental, uh, just sapping of your mental strength. And before you know it, the house is whirled down and then somebody makes an offer and you take it. 150,000 less than you should have, right? Either that or you just withdraw the listing. So I'm telling you that's coming back. So it was 40% in 219, 30% in 220, 16% in 21. So as you can see, the more success people have selling their homes, the fewer homes withdrew, right? Now we come to here. This is the first half of 2022. Remember where 100% of the houses were selling in the first 10 days, right? Those days are gone, right? So now you have to be really smart. Now we have to have a really, people need to retool their strategy on how they're gonna handle this, right? Because they're not, we're gonna go back to 40% of the homes listed in the second half of 2022 are gonna withdraw unsold. My job is to keep you guys out of that 40%. That's what we try and do. That's why we come on here every Thursday and talk about strategies and how you change and you know, where the benefits are and how the market's moving and what you can do to, you know, to, to combat that, right? 
So let's look at this. Sellers. Oh my gosh, the buyers aren't here. Well, let's take a look at where we are. Let's assume, because I took the started here and I, I applied the appreciation rate to what that house was worth back in 2000, back in 2000. So if you just apply inflation or inflation rate, it's $1.1 million, right? All right. So back in 2019, eh, we're all about the same, but you see what happened in 205. And that's what happened. Now do you see what happened in 2022, right? It's gone up $275,000 above where it would have adjusted for inflation. Worst people want to selling at that big number, right? But here's the deal. So the strategy is now a lot of people are going to see that number and they're going to try and push it. Good market. Let's go to one four. I want one four five. I want one five, right? Well, pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. We need to be smart about this market. We need to capture as much of this $275,000 bonus premium that we're selling at, right? Because as you see back here, it doesn't stay. You don't, you know, it doesn't stick around, right? That, so let's say we get 1.35, right? We're still $250,000 above. So as everybody else is pricing it higher, waiting for the premium, you price it a little more conservative, get it in there. Now, the, um, once we price a house, then we test the house and we do the predictive analysis. And we've talked about that a lot and I'm not gonna really get into a lot of that right now, but, but we know whether we're at the right number before we launch that listing. But the strategy will be, don't tempt the market, try and get as capitalized on as much of that $275,000 premium as we could possibly get. Because as you see here, every time it goes below value, it'll come up. Every time it goes above value, it comes down until it overdoes it and then comes back up. I mean, look at how this thing zigzags along the value of the house until 2019, right? So anyone doesn't take a financial genius to know what's gonna happen after 222. Now, do we panic? No, I'll tell you why. Because back here, we thought the financial markets were collapsing, right? The federal government opened up the supply of money, huge buyer pool ran the prices up. Then as they were starting to slide, they shut the buyer pool down by over requiring, making very stringent requirements and then took the power pool from here to here. Now, at the same time, Lehman Brothers was going bankrupt. Bear Stearns was going bankrupt. There were big companies falling that you never thought could fall. So this was a terrifying time right in here, right? I don't think I see that right now. I mean, we still have a ton of jobs, ton of technology, especially in our area coming in. We're not just the federal government. We're now, you know, high tech and plenty of high tech companies coming out here. Their executives are used to living in Seattle, LA, uh, you know, um, Silicon Valley. So these prices don't bother them out here, right? So I don't see this falling as much. And I do see this going up. So I don't think that the administration has any grasp on the economy and the inflation and the uh, oil. So energy prices are going to go up. That goes with inflation and then eventually interest rates. But let me tell you something. Right this second, interest rates, when we checked, 
they are at about 5% to 5.125 for, for jumbo financing, right? Um, believe it or not, but conforming, which is under like $674,000 loan, that's even more expensive. That's maybe 5.5, but the jumbos are actually very, they're less. So 5%, 5.125, 5 5.25, somewhere around those low fives. So I'm gonna use Sarah Mormon's um, I'm going to use Sarah Mormon's uh, tagline where she says, marry the house and date the rate, right? So now is the time that the inventory is opening up. Now you can come in and find that house that you want. Now, because there's so many houses on the market, you may be able to negotiate. I'm going to tell this to sellers. If you're a good house and you're priced right, you, you don't have to worry about this because I'm telling you, you will still go in the first, you know, seven to 10 days or most of you will. So, you know, what I'm saying is buyers, there are a lot of people that make mistakes. They kind of overprice, it sits, it sits, it sits. Now that's you move in, right? Those, those are the homes you move in, the homes that have not been prepared for sale correctly. The homes that have been overpriced and undermarketed. The people that were too greedy originally and now they're scared. Two things drive markets, fear and greed, right? So they got greedy and overpriced it. Now the seller is afraid, he's made a mistake. Oh my gosh, the market's leaving. And now he's going to take a, a much slower offer. So when I'm going out looking with buyers or I'm talking to buyers, my point to them, when we talk about the opportunities, it's time for buyers to come out and buy something because they haven't had that opportunity. And don't worry about the prices maybe going down. You know, you're not going to negotiate a good solid price. You're just not paying $150,000 premium like they've been paying. So just relax. It's a very solid market for buyers to come out in. You want to buy now because obviously interest rates are going to move up over the next year or two. So, you know, get something, get a house. You're in that, you're in that moving from a seller's market to a buyer's market, you know, be the first one out. Go ahead and get, get the nice, one of the nicer homes out there. I can tell you, we have a great house that would normally, um, that would normally have popped off just like that. And, and it's going to take a couple, you know, it's going to take a couple of weeks to get that going. So, so we need to, the buyers need to get out there. There are opportunities that you have not had in, geez, I, I would say 12 months. All right. So let's get the buyers moving. This is, this is why <clears throat> success rate, Fairfax County, 86% sold in the first 10 days, then 21 in June. Right. This is uh, this is Vienna. Right. Six, 94 percent of these homes sold in the first 10 days. Then it was 24. Now it's 17. Right. Do you see the opportunity? You, the yellow are the buyer opportunities. OK, so so those are you know, you, you really have some and, and there's other people are going to benefit from this. Right. So the buyers are going to finally have something they're going to buy. The seller that needs to buy with a contingent contract. So most people don't have a ton of family money or you know big jobs or a lot of cash. Or they need to sell their home in order to buy the next home, right? That person has not been able to get into the market. That person's on the sidelines. Because when the homes are selling in the first weekend, eighty percent, ninety percent are selling the first weekend. You don't stand a chance. Well, guess what? You stand a chance. Right. So now is the time for the buyers who have that home that they had to sell and couldn't do it. Wide open market. 
it's time for you to get in the market and look at selling your house, buying another house, because there's another group, not only the sellers that had to sell their other house, but there's a group that could move up. But if I sell my house, how am I going to know where am I going to live? Because no, there are no houses on the market and everything's selling in the first weekend. So they would not sell because they were concerned about not being able to find something to buy, right? Case solved. Now you can sell your house. You've got 60 days to settlement. You have a rent back for 60, uh, 60 days to settlement, 60 day rent back. So you could be in that house for 100, 120 days, right? So can you find a house in a market where 60% of the homes are active and 40 are under contract? Can you find a home in that market? You bet your tail you can find a home in that market. That's a great buyer market. So as long as you sellers understand this concept, we may take a little haircut on the sale, but we're going to make a bigger, get a bigger haircut when we buy, right? So I was talking with a couple and our expectations went from maybe a million fifty to a million, right? So yes, we're going to take a $150,000 uh, $50, haircut on the sale. But the home that we're going to buy, normally you'd have to get in with seven bidders and they bid at $150,000 over the price. You don't get that. That's not going to happen, right? In some rare cases, that's going to happen on great houses, houses with a pool. How, you know, who knows how much people want to bid on a pool? Will there be bidding? Yes, some houses. But that's five or ten percent. That's not that's not seventy or eighty percent like it was. So yes, good houses are still going to be a little sure. But now's your opportunity. Get a house. Get your home. Get it under contract. Get it sold. Have a hundred days to find a new home that you want to buy in a market that's a total buyer's market. So we clearly are moving to a buyer's market. The sellers now can go ahead and and. Uh, um, sell their house and know they're going to be able to buy something. And the sellers that needed to do a contract contingent on the sale of their home are going to be welcome. Well, welcome arms. Come on in. Because part of a seller strategy is first week could be a bidding war. Second week, you got to let the first group that didn't, you know, fight it out for contracts. That's called the mon back period. They come on back, look at it again, or think about it some more. Then they may put in a contract or two, and it may still get into a bidding war on, on the second week. Even though they didn't want to, they decided this is their house. And if two people decide this is their house, then yes, you could get bidding going back up. Okay. So, so both those sellers groups are now wide open. The buyers that have been looking for a place, it's wide open. And now that, that, that let me tell you, the buyers that have been trying to find a home and just got tired or buyer fatigue, they decided to stop looking. You need to get back in the game. You need to, you realtors need to reach out to all of your clients. In fact, let me tell you what we're doing. We are, um, when we list a house for 1.55 million, the buyer pool may be two or 300 people. Well, back in April, it was 800 people. There was 800 per people in that buyer pool. So what we're doing is we're not just sending the, all of our things about this house to the 250 that are in the buyer pool. 
we're saying to the 800 that were in the old buyer pool that have either given up or just, just said, hey, we can't find anything. Well, guess what? You can buy this house today, right? So we're going back and we're remarketing to buyers that may be gone, okay? So that's part of the changing strategy that you have to have in this, in this market, okay? So, you know, the strategy is sell at the end of the seller's market where we still have a $275,000 cushion. Get as, capture as much of that as you can. Don't get greedy. Capture as much of this we can. And then go ahead. You may take a little haircut on the sale, but buy into the beginning of this buyer's market where you can go in and actually find a home. You can find panic sellers, plenty of inventory, and you can usually find what you want. So, so just know that now your strategy is, is, is moving on, okay? The strategy is sell at the sell at the tail end of the seller's market, sell at the beginning of a buyer, and be a buyer at the beginning of the buyer's market. All right. So let's talk about you know when we talk about listings and you know how we need to do this. Well, things are changing for you, real estate agents, and for our agents, right? Before you would be handling a hundred calls a house, you would be handling 13, 14 contracts. You're trying to squeeze everything out as you can lineup contracts, one, two, three, and four. So there was a lot of work that went on at that tail end trying to handle that kind of a market. I mean, everyone was going to see it and everybody's calling. So, so, so here's the changes that have to be made, right? First of all, we have a 30-day plan, not a 10-day not a plan, right? Before everything sold in 10 days, this is a 10-day plan, okay? Well, we have a 30-day plan, you know? So in our 30-day plan, we work for the wave on the first weekend, try and do everything we can in the predictive analysis to get that first wave to compete and bid and do all that. In the second week, we're working on the Monbacks, right? We're working on the people that get them back into that house to maybe get a bid from that group. The third week, we're opening it up to contingent on sale of home contracts. So now we're opening it up and we're marketing to people saying, hey, if you have a home to sell, evidently ours is a little more difficult than we thought. So if we get a contract on our house, We'll take a look at your house to see if yours is easier to sell. Some price ranges are easier than others. So, you know, we'll take a look at that. And then of course, the next, after we've asked for contingent contracts, after we've opened it up, after we've done everything possible, everybody is cleared where nobody wants to put in a contract. Now it's a pricing issue and we need to take it down $50,000, not 25, not 10, not 12, five. You need to take it down 50,000 because that's where the lowest buyer pool is, right? If you're going to get a contract at the lower buyer pool, it's going to come within seven to 10 days. There could be multiples. It's going to come within seven to 10 days. Okay. So that's your, that's kind of the new way that we have to do it. And there's other things when we're doing a predictive analysis and we're looking at how many people like, like our house and favor our house. We're also looking at all of the competing listings because now there are some before there were none. Now the agents have to become experts on who the competitors are, who's really good, who's not track them, who went under contract, why did they pick this instead of that? You've got to identify, are you in the right market? So now instead of handling massive amounts of contracts and massive amounts of calls, now you're focused on where we fit in the overall market. If somebody's coming in looking for a house for a million dollars, what else are they looking at other than us? Who are they? You know, 
go back. When did they go under contract? How did they go under contract? Interview agents. Then when we look at the, uh, so a seller calls me up and says, hey, um, there's a house looks like a good competitor of ours. Okay, it was out of our range, but I said, okay. So we all we did was track that house and we would go in and see how many, how many showings are they gonna get? If we're getting two showings and they're getting 14 showings, we are overpriced, right? Because that tells me that there are buyers out there they are taking a pass on our house. So now we need to open up the predictive analysis that not only are we watching how many favorites are there, and let me get back to favorites in a second, how many favorites are there, how many um, people like us, love us, share us, all that stuff. Now we have to expand that predictive analysis and say we have three competitors. How many people are going to see their houses? If they each have 12, 13, 14, 15, and we have 12, 13, 14, 15, we got plenty of buyers in that pool. We're fine. But if we have two people looking at our house and 12 or 15 looking at another house, right? Then we know that there is a market out there. We're just overpricing. We're not getting our fair share, right? So we need to start thinking, being thoughtful about changing from a feeling massive amounts of contracts and massive amounts of call to nurturing and being more knowledgeable about who's our surrounding market and how are they doing. Now, the easy thing to do is to say, I want $1.5 million, that's all I want to know. Well, those are not our sellers. We, we, those are the 40 percenters that will put it on at a big number and it will sit and it will be a nightmare, right? For them and the agent. So we stay away from that. And the reason is because if the sellers are listening to us and doing what we're asking them to do, I need to give them 100% of my attention. I can't have our attention or my agent's attention sapped and sucked out of us by a succubus seller that wants to, how'd you say succubus? That wants to overprice a house and suck the life out of the agent. I'm not gonna let that happen. I'm just, if, if, if you logically come to a number and this is the right number, and we're gonna know what that number is. There'd be no ifs, ands, and buts. And you don't wanna deal with that number. In fact, you wanna go crazy over that number. Then it's just, we'll pass it on to another realtor to another company because we don't want that sucked out of the life, right? So we have, you know, you, and you also need to be um, a little more empathetic. You need to talk more with the agents. You need to talk more with sellers, talk more with the buyers. You need to really nurture this buyer pool as opposed to saying, hey, we're deflecting contracts. Now we need to nurture that buyer pool. We need to listen to the objections of each buyer. What, why did you not like that house? Oh, okay. Is everybody saying the same thing? Oh, okay. Anything we can do to fix that? Sure. There are things we can do to fix anything, even functionality issues. So, so let's just, you know, this is a roll up your shirt sleeves. Your time is not spent fielding contracts. Your time is spent really nurturing the thing, making sure we get the pricing right, get the staging right, get the buyers coming in, knowing we have the buyers coming in, doing our predictive analysis, nurturing buyers, having a 30-day plan. So you see strategies change a little, right? When you're going into a market like this. The other thing people do is just agree, okay, yeah, let's just put it on for a big number and not know where the pricing come from. Now, I'm gonna say this before I sign off. A computer cannot tell you what your home is worth, period, right? Every day when I price a house, I say, what is RPR say it's worth? 
What does Zillow say it's worth? What does HomeSnap say it's worth? What does Redfin, what does Realtor.com say it's worth? And I can tell you that there is usually a 15 to 20% range in numbers. So, you know, I see agents go, oh, give me your address. I can tell you what your house worth. Bullshit. It takes a professional realtor that knows how to price houses in order to tell you what your home is really worth. This is an investigation. We're not telling anybody anything. We're asking. We're looking at data. This is a data gathering process. I'm looking at all the data that the market has to offer. I'm looking at data coming in from the seller. I'm analyzing data from a buyer pool once it's been introduced to the buyer pool. This is all about gathering data. It's all about gathering data before you make a decision. And what they want to tell me is that by putting your address in a computer, a computer's going to tell you what your house is worth. It's very frustrating. And I'll tell you why. Let me tell you why I'm upset, why it gets me a little upset. Because 40 people, 40% of the people listen to that stuff. And 40% of the people fail. I hate to see sellers fail. I think if you call a realtor, you should be able to depend on that realtor to do the best he can, have the right pricing strategy, have the right marketing plan. And um, it pains me to see as a professional to see sellers sold a bill of goods, have them crash and burn. Um, it, it's, an upsetting, it's an upsetting thing to watch if you're a professional in the field. So you've been listening to Coffee with Casey. Thank you for spending a half hour with me. I hope I've helped. I've hoped I shed some light on the market. If you want to give me a call, I'm at 703-508-2535, or you can reach me at Casey at CaseySampson.com. Julie does a great job of the website at CaseySampson.com slash podcast if you want to listen to any of these podcasts. Stay up to date on the market on Coffee with Casey. We'll see you next week at 11 o'clock, back to our normal time, 11 o'clock next week. Bye now.